this is Radio Plasma, and today we are at New City Brewery in East Hampton as part of the Planetary Party series. This is our interview with Nadab Pellet, guitar player and leader of the Ambesa Orchestra. This is Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We are at New City Brewery in East Hampton, and this is actually the back room of the brewery. Where the magic happens. Yes. yes. Right by the vats. The perfect space to have the brewing of the vibe that is going to happen with this event where the Anbesa Orchestra is going to be performing. And welcome back to, Thank you. to New England. Thank you. We're so happy to be back. And last time was amazing. I think it was pretty full and everybody just danced like from the beginning up to the end and wanted an encore and it was great. And great crowd, nice atmosphere here, beautiful place. It is really interesting for me to see this proposal of what Mbesa Orchestra is. So, Ethiopian group honoring music from the 60s and 70s from Ethiopia by a band formed in Brooklyn, New York, right. where most, of the, guys most are of the guys are from Israel. Exactly, yeah. How this melting of culture and influences happened? Well, I, I first got into Ethiopian music in Israel. There's a big Ethiopian community. And actually, I was playing in a reggae band, and the singer, his name is Gili Alo. He's uh, very, um, you know, he's doing great on his own account now. He's got great stuff. And um, he brought in an Ethiopian tune for us to play, you know, one day at rehearsal. And I just, the first minute, this, the first like note of that tune, it was uh, Muluk and Melesa, who's a great singer from Ethiopia. And the first note that I heard, I was like, I was in trance. It was just so strong for me. I don't, I don't even know what it was. Like the, the groove was super dark and cool. And then his singing and a lot of the singing in the Ethiopian, you know, the older style is very, has like an insane vibrato and it's super expressive. And I just love it. I just, it melted my heart, you know, every time I heard it. And both of us got super into it. And then uh, we got in touch with some older Ethiopian musicians in Israel, um, a singer called Zemene Melese, who used to be, he was the protege of a very, very well-known singer from Ethiopia, Talaun Gesese, who's one of the greatest, you know, um, singers in the, the history, you know, from that time. And also Abate Berion, who's a saxophone player, who used to play with Mulatu and Mahmoud Ahmed. So Zemene um, kind of ta taught us the songs, and, and Abate taught us like the scales, like more of the theory of it. Because the uh, the main thing I think about uh, Ethiopian music, um, as opposed to other kinds of music from different places in Africa, where the rhythm is very very intricate, the rhythm. Um, for the most part in Ethiopian music is kind of straightforward. There's like this propulsion happening. It's a groove, you know, it's always a groove. There's always a dance. 
not so many like parts within uh, like the percussion area, but they do have their own set of scales, which sets them apart. You know, it's very unique, just a sound of those scales. And um, then, you know, around the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, they got, you know, they used to get like uh, James Brown records and stuff like that. And they got that backbeat and stuff happening with their scales and, you know, and brought horns to it, which is also another interesting story about how the horns came to Ethiopia because um, Haile Selassie, he, was, he lived in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, actually, for a minute. I think there was a civil war, and he kind of fled. And, and in his honor, they had a parade with... There were 40 Armenian orphans playing in a brass band for him when they did, they did this little parade uh, in Jerusalem. And he was so, um, you know, so impressed by the sound of it that he adopted them all. He brought them to Ethiopia, and then he started implementing the brass, uh, you know, brass and woodwind instruments into Ethiopian music. It started with the army, and then went to popular music. And that's the long story of how I got into it. And I keep researching it, and and it's a huge country with a lot of tribes. And I all like I would like check out this kind of you know this region and I would check out this music and I'd be like okay what can we do with it because at first we started out playing just like covers just our arrangements of pretty simple arrangements of covers of tunes and now there's more and more original music uh, that it has a close affinity to that sound but it has our flavor on it and I just feel like you know Ethiopia they say it's like the birthplace of man I don't know exactly how, I, but I feel like a very strong connection to that place. And yeah, that's, that's how we, we got to doing this and how we got to what we do now. And listening to you explaining this history where very specific modes on the scales plus the rhythm being the root of everything in communication, being rhythm, the, the most native thing for every living every living being in this planet to feel and to express and to react. And also thinking about how the cultural mixing with the wind, the wind instruments, oh, yeah, yeah. and thinking the infusion of the Vulcan sound and the music from Israel yeah. becomes now something that it makes perfect sense. I mean, especially nowadays where everything, there's no more borders with the internet now, you know? So just seeing how it happened kind of naturally way back in the day is very cool. But yeah, now it makes sense because, you know, you can get exposed. You can live in New York and not, not even leave New York ever, but you can get exposed to Balkan music and Mediterranean music and Ethiopian music and music from Mali. You can go see it live even in New if you're in New York. But it, even if you're not, if, if you're somewhere in North Dakota or something like that, you can check, put on YouTube and check out, you know, all of these things. It's amazing. It's an amazing time to, to be able to do that, you know. And actually the opportunity like right now of having you here in New England performing and sharing the vibe of the music that you are bringing to the area for people that know about it, to people that are getting initiated and started on right. listening and, and, and enjoying the vibe of your ethio group. This is an amazing way of communicating and engaging and sharing right. the rich heritage of different cultures put together through music. Exactly. And always, because like a lot of people, 
you know, if I tell people I'm a musician, they say, oh, what do you do? I'm like, okay, so one of my main thing is I have this band. It's called Unbesa Orchestra. We play Ethiopian funk or whatever. They're like, oh, I've never, I don't even know how it sounds. And then they come and hear us, and it's really cool. And it's very important for me to say that, I, I mean, you know, there's no Ethiopian people in the band. And sometimes I, I feel a little, <laughs> you know, a little self-conscious about it. But we never try to, like, appropriate it or anything. We come to it with the most... Uh, love and respect that we that we can give it and we always you know try to deepen our understanding of this music and we never try and claim that we you know did anything uh uh to it or anything but uh but it's a great gateway yeah people if people don't know it they come and check us out and then they get into like Mahmoud Ahmed or or Telaon or or Mulatu and then yeah most people if they do know it they know like the Ethiopics or they've seen Broken Flowers the Jim Jarmusch movie that had Mulatto as a soundtrack and they're like oh cool so you, you know you do that I was like yeah we kind of do that but we have our own thing happening and yeah it's a, it's a great uh, little cross cultural thing and it does it does bring people take people out of their like normal you know thing so it broadens a little bit of the horizons you know mm-hmm. and I, I like that you are bringing this uh, particular point about the cultural appropriation perception that sometimes happens. And sadly, yes, it's, it's something that uh, occurs many times with some projects uh, or artists or performers that they just feel it's so easy to take something because it looks or sounds cool. Right. But it definitely shows in your case that you are honoring this culture and doing your research, knowing what it is, the meaning and the roots of the sounds and the rhythms, the influence. So this becomes an educational opportunity to learn about Ethiopian music, Ethiopian culture, and also to have this blending of what is the own flavor from Brooklyn yeah, and your totally. own culture as well, right? which is the Ambassador Orchestra. Yeah, 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 totally. And I have to say also that Every time we performed before uh, 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 Ethiopian people, they were always very appreciative. They they are they were very happy to see that people are respecting their culture and enjoying it and sharing it with other people, you know, and seeing it reach farther than just you know the people of the country, you know, or the expats or whatever. You know, they were happy to see the music kind of lives on, you know, with people, other people as well. So the work of the band right now is uh, also seeing more and more features and shows. You have two albums already released? We have, yeah. We have one EP uh, and one record that we put out uh, last year. Um, and then we are on Monday, this Monday, actually, right after this little tour that we were doing, we're going to go back to the studio. And now we're going to do more, like, we're going to do, like, two tracks this time and then release it one by one. And then we'll do two more tracks um, rather than make a whole album at this point. Just because, um, well, I, I'm getting into, like, a little bit of a different way of writing also for the band. And I, we want to try some different way of recording. We did, like... Everything we do is all analog, uh, which is cool. Like the record was recorded, mixed, and mastered to tape, and everything was analog and one takes, you know, for everybody together. This time, I kind of want to try not to do everyone together in the same room. Like it's it's all gonna be live. Like the but the rhythm section is gonna be separated from the from the horn section, and just to have a little more separation, make it sound a little tighter and a little. Um, 
I think it, we're trying to make it more maybe like a Motown record or something like that. And um, yeah, and, and the music, it's, it took a little bit of a, a, a turn. It's, it's a little different right now, but it's, it's cool. We're going to play those two tunes that we're going to record. Uh, we're going to play them tonight. So you, you'll get to hear it. And um, I'm very excited about that. I'm, very, I'm always excited when we're recording some new music. I think the last thing we did, we did this project for United Airlines, actually. Um, they were doing, because United Airlines had uh, Rhapsody in Blue, the Gershwin tune. Yes. They had that as kind of their th theme song, and they even owned the, the publishing rights for that. And this year it became uh, public domain, I think. So they did this project. They took four artists from all over the world. It was mostly like producers and people who are by themselves pretty much. And we were the only band. And uh, everybody took their own spin on, on Rhapsody in Blue. So that was the last thing we did, which was really cool. And I'm always excited to, to you know, to record some new music. And so I, I think this, this like little uh, this way of operation to have like two tunes now then another two and release them one by one it's cool because it keeps there's always like an anticipation for something you know that sounds amazing because it also provides the opportunity for you to showcase your work in a totally different way beyond just doing the shows and having release of your of your music on the traditional ways yeah and that makes another another point of how music can be appreciated and, and discovered by many others to try to figure out where this comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think also, well, nowadays things are a little different. I mean, um, it's more like you put out this thing or you put out a video and you put out this thing rather than a record. We are going to keep making records. And what I think will happen is we'll record probably two tunes now and then another couple of months, another two tunes, until we have like eight, and then we'll put them all on vinyl, you know. But we, yeah, we'll continue making records, but right now I think this is really exciting to have like this continuity of new stuff happening, you know. And also, yeah, we're gonna incorporate some more, I have some singers in mind that we're gonna do some projects with them. So we're gonna, I think the next couple of releases might be like, even though they're gonna be, uh, they won't be pressed on vinyl, up and uh, like until we have all of them ready but it's going to be kind of like a side a side b like one was going to be with a singer and one's going to be instrumental so that's going to be cool for us too yeah nice so what will be your message for the people in new england including musicians that are trying to get to learn more about this cultural blendings and infusions that you are proposing with, uh, with your project as an ambassador orchestra? Well, if you're trying to learn more about Ethiopian music, you should check out the Ethiopic series. It's very well versed. It has like numerous volumes and it has like, it would take like this singer and you know, like kind of a greatest hits kind of thing. And then you can explore more on your own. But it's a very, very, very good standing point, you know, to, to start off point, I'm sorry. And, you know, it's always great to read up a little bit about the history. It's a very rich and interesting history with Ethiopia. You know, it's the only African country that wasn't colonized ever. And has they have like a Solomonic ancestry going up to, you know, King Solomon. Uh, you know, that's what they, what, what, that, that's the story at least, you know. And, you know, the world is open. I, th I think what made this music so important to me and, and is before I, I was exposed to that, I was playing a lot of jazz music and a lot of music that was more complex. I still play a lot of jazz and I still love it, but um, 
I was like so into it that I felt weird if I liked like a pop song or something. I was kind of I wouldn't let myself enjoy it. And, and it, after I kind of started getting into that music, I was like, you know what? I like what I like. And if I'm drawn to something, it could be Ethiopian music, it could be Britney Spears, whatever it is. If it makes you happy as a musician and if it moves you, check it out. You know, it's all there's no rights and wrongs and always you got to do it, you know, with a full heart and intention, you know, don't do anything because you think it'll be cool. I mean, do something that you think you we want your things to be cool, but don't do it just because, you know, you think it'll be cool and, you know, get a few views and stuff like that. It might work. I mean, it might work better. It might work for you way better than it works for me. But uh, I just don't see it as something that has value, you know. It could be it could be whatever it is the simplest thing or the most complex thing as as long as you are really committed to it and feel it you know otherwise it won't mean a thing you know yeah. what are the feelings that you have personally and as as a band when you're performing well the band is consisting of of my very best friends you know and we've gone we've be, become very tight you know since uh since starting this and the, the interesting thing is that yeah most of us are from israel but most of us actually met in new york so we came together through kind of the struggle and hardship of, of living in new york and we know that and i think that really brought us together and whenever we play it's it's really a joyous occasion you know we're just we're just having fun you know We're at a point, so I actually, I live in, in L.A. now. I live in the West Coast because uh, my wife is a musician and she has a, a job out there playing on a TV show. So I moved a, a year and a half ago and I keep coming back. Um, every month and a half or two months, I keep coming back. And then we'll do like a little tour or recording or a project or something like that. So keep it going. But we can, we can meet at the venue and just play on the downbeat and everybody's got got it down you know muscle memory because we played we also played a lot uh over the years we still play a lot actually for a band that the band leader is in the on the other side of the country we still play a lot and we used to play in new york we play all the time when i when i still lived there a year and a half ago um so it's like so embedded in everybody it's like it just feels so natural and and great yeah it's always a party yeah Well, it's a pleasure having you, having you here, coming Thank back, you. and, it's, and, and it's going to be an amazing way to actually uh, welcome the new season, welcome the spring. Right, it's, it's a beautiful way. day. Yes. yes. Nice and warm. Yeah, yeah finally being able to enjoy uh, beautiful weather, amazing totally. music, the great vibe of what it means to bring cultures together, yes, yes. which is also an important thing to do, especially in the times we are living right, right now. Right, right, when people are kind of, you know, there's this whole uh, xenophobia kind of thing happening and people are, you know, uh, are, are hesitant about, you know, immigrants and other cultures and whatever. That should know that when you, when you open yourself out, I mean, you, you, you might be more exposed, but I mean, there's, There's there's a lot of good out there, and you know you 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 should. It's it shows more strength to open yourself up and be ready to maybe, maybe get hurt or something like that. But but to have the willingness to open yourself up, and 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 gather all the good that's coming, 
or help other people, you know. It makes, it's, it's more of a character than just closing it and fencing yourself in, you know. Well, wishing <laughs> that you enjoy your performance sure well. here in New City Brewery in Santon and thank you so much for being here. Thank you. All right. This session was recorded at New City Brewery in East Hampton, Massachusetts, in collaboration with World Music Collider. Make sure that you also listen to our interview with Mika Farias Gomez and Manu Uriona, who share with us an acoustic light performance. I'm Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening. <laughs>